0: is Actually, You Are a runner with Jacqueline
1: Riccio. Hey, it's Jacqueline with systemsforselfcare.com, where I teach you to consistently take daily actions so you can feel happier, healthier, and more confident. Today on the podcast, I have a coach for entrepreneurs. His name is Robert Peterson. How are you doing today?
2: I am great. Thanks, Jacqueline.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. You are an expert in so many different fields. Before we get to how you help people, I like to hear just kind of a little bit about you and what brought you to even being a coach. Obviously, this is not uh, when you were 18 and you graduated high school. This isn't what you were doing. So what brought you to this?
2: Yeah, so um, I spent 20 years in ministry, Um, 10 of those. My wife and I were missionaries in South America. And so he raised our family in Bogota, Colombia, um, for their early years. Wow. Then, uh, had the opportunity to, to return to our home state of Colorado and work as a missions pastor. And I took teams all over the world to visit missionaries that we were supporting and, and helping. And most of that ministry time, I was coaching those missionaries. And, and in Colombia, we were coaching Colombian pastors. And a lot of it was coaching them on the business side of running a church. You know, they're really good at preaching and teaching, but they didn't have a lot of the tools, you know, for for treating the church like a business. And so, I'd been doing coaching and, of course, marital counseling and and uh, personal development um, throughout all those twenty years. And so, um, through the church, I'd gotten certified. Through John Maxwell as a speaker, trainer, and coach. And, and when my, that ministry door closed, my wife and I decided to, uh, to start our company, um, in the coaching arena. And, and really it, it kind of morphed, um, originally thought, you know, we'd go do corporate trainings, leadership, and, and those things. But the bigger need in the marketplace in the place that I identified more with, was, was working with entrepreneurs. And, uh, and then it's gone a little deeper now in the process. My mother was um, diagnosed with Alzheimer's and, and she's been placed into a memory care facility. And so I've taken a deeper walk down the, the mind path and the development of our brain and, and ways to protect our brain. And all of those tools happen to work really well (laughs) With the the skills and and tools that entrepreneurs are using and need um, and so that's just one more reason that it that it fits to to work with entrepreneurs because I think they get they they start to get the mindset thing and and how important our brain is and how much our brain doesn't we don't take advantage of what our brain has to offer
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> and so
2: it's uh it's been a fun journey and and as my journey you know, leads others. I'm basically just being able to share, you know, my personal experiences and in a teaching mode. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, as someone who has had 8 million different careers since I've graduated high school and college, um, I love talking to people who have, you know, taken different paths or several different paths and like, oh, you know, where does this lead me to? Okay. What's next? Oh, I'm kind of interested in this. I've read a book on this. I want to learn more. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about so the brain, mindset, our beliefs about ourselves? Um, because as much as I love talking about this stuff and reading about it, for some people this is new, and they're like, "What? I've never thought about my brain or my mindset."
2: Well, and it it really starts with you know the some of the earliest writings. I love Thinking Rich, Napoleon Hill, um, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles who also happened to be a leader in the church. And then he was actually kicked out of the church for his teachings in, in the area of, of getting rich. And Mm -hmm. then he wrote the book, the science of getting rich. And, and if you read the book and understand where he was coming from, when he wrote it, um, he talks, Napoleon Hill uses the word ether, you know, the, the spirit all around us, the universe, um, but then Wallace D. Waddles for the most part avoids using the word spirit. There's one or two chapters where it comes up, but but he talks about, you know, the the energy around us and and our connection to to that energy, but but his spirituality still comes through in all of that. Um and just recognizing that our, our brain is a, a sending and receiving machine. You know, these writings were hundreds of years ago. But they're still they're still valid. In fact, they've been, been more validated by by recent um science and 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 just it it's incredible to me that the connection that our brain has to other people, to to the vibrations that we put out, and and we still know so little about it, and yet it works when you choose to use that. And so in studying thinking grow rich and studying Wallace D. Waddle's um, Viktor Frankl, um, man's search for meaning. All of those, those writings just really lay a foundation for, for using our mind for our own good. Being able to determine not just how we react to the world around us, but actually being able to influence, um, our conditions and circumstances. And, mm-hmm. and, and really it boils down to being, Responsible, taking taking responsibility for everything that's happening in our world. And and whether or not that's um the good or the bad, right? We we can't just take responsibility for the good and say, well, these are all the things I'm responsible for, and these bad things, that's somebody else's fault.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um we're responsible for for every element that happens in our life and certainly how we respond to those elements.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting you say that. So I, in the work that I do with clients, I work with women primarily, and I have a lot of clients who do feel like they take responsibility for everything, but they take responsibility for all of the crap that's happening and they struggle to take responsibility or shine with the good that is happening. And unfortunately, a lot of it comes from growing up with shame, sometimes with a religion how so how do you make that shift or like how do you help people have you seen that too at all oh
2: absolutely well and it's recognizing that shame is is the lie right it's yeah. it's a false it's a false story that they've been told or that they're telling themselves and and you have to transition that story right being aware of it recognizing it and 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 giving it its place right saying okay now i see you know my father you know said I was fat or somebody else of influence said I was dumb or, um, you know, many times all of those, all it takes is one statement from somebody of influence that, that our brain grabs onto and it it becomes our identity. And, and yeah, there's shame attached to it and, and belief that it's, it's who we really are Mm -hmm. rather than the idea that it's really just what, one person thought of a, us in that moment
0: mm-hmm. and and
2: they probably didn't even really think yeah. that they were just using words that you know um one of the examples that i always give regarding time and money is you know when we're kids our our parents you know we grab a candy or a toy off the shelf and our parents say you know we can't afford that and so we get this idea that there's not enough money rather than our parents saying no, we're we not, not going to buy a toy today because it's more important to buy food or it's more important, right? We have priorities and, and recognizing that it's really not about a quantity issue. It's a, a priority issue and how mm. we prioritize our use of money, how we prioritize our use of time um, is very much about how we think about it and how we speak about it and helping people change that. Well, and and you can change your story. You you can't change the events that have happened to you, but you can certainly change the story that you tell yourself about them. And so, if your father did make a statement about you that you feel shame and you feel um, influenced, you know, your you at a, an identity level, like you know, you're always going to be overweight, or you're always going to be. Our culture tells you know, women all the time that they don't look good enough, mm-hmm. and 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 whether that is a real statement somebody heard or just the feeling that a, a woman has when she looks in the mirror, comparing herself to all the other women that are put in front of us all day long, the story you tell yourself um can either increase your value or decrease it and Of course, we have to turn off those stories that are taking you know that, that are shameful, that are making us feel bad and and rewrite the story right and and of course you know it even happens with trauma you can't you can't take the trauma away right but you can tell yourself a different story about the, it's not to change not to change the event it's changing how you respond to the event right you can be a victim and you can live in that victim's mentality and you can tell yourself you know all those things are true right it, it wasn't my fault um you know that person was a terrible person but but the truth is there can be a lesson in there that there can be a positive insight and and even if it's just a tiny little positive to to tell the story in a positive way is so much more powerful and and empowering rather than debilitating because that shame that that we feel um taking you know saying it's my fault that that you know this happened because of something I did or or because of of something inside of me. Right, like I deserve this, mm-hmm. uh, all of those kinds of thoughts are really just the story that that you're telling yourself, and when you change the story, right, you're aware of the the event, you change the story to you know something more like what's the lesson I learned what's the the i did i this happened to me, but it doesn't have to have power over me. It doesn't have to have control over me, and being able to let go of of the traumatic side of of that the victim side of that and saying okay i can that that's really the only way we can move beyond it is is changing the story and and letting go of the strings right because a lot of times we hold on to those resentments that that shame it, i i call it you, you've allowed them to tie a string around your heart and then every time somebody or even you tell that story to yourself again that person that caused the trauma, caused the shame is pulling on that string, and even though you haven 't seen them in twenty or thirty years they 're still controlling you and you 're giving them control um, and so helping people to what I call cut those strings mm-hmm. right and and it 's a choice to to cut that string to not be a victim to not allow the shame the story you know shame to to have control and and to be empowered. Right to empower yourself through the story you tell.
1: Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Victor Franker, Victor Frankel earlier, and I know that he said, like, you're suffering. He so he was a Holocaust victim, right? He was a victim, like, obviously, like in the Holocaust, really? in a concentration camp. But he saw, like, he knew that he needed to survive so that he could write his books and help other people. But like, his suffering had meaning. Like, he still. He was a victim and he was still able to make meaning out of his life.
2: Absolutely. Well, and that's not to say that a person isn't a victim. Yeah. Being a victim, it can be a fact. Yeah. But to live like a victim is a Mm, choice.
1: mm. Yeah, (laughs) that's a big, that's a big differentiating point there. Mm
2: -hmm. And I think Viktor Frankl would, in his writing is absolutely makes that distinction, right? The people that were victims felt like they had no control. Um, And, and once you've lost control, you hope and and those are the people who who ended up dying in During in the, the concentration camps and and he watched that happen and and he shares the story and of course his most powerful quote you know is is between stimulus and response is a space and in that space we have the choice we have the choice to choose how we're going to um and basically that's how, you know what's the story we're going to tell
1: hmm What are some more practical tips for making this like your reality? Cause I I hear I hear this from people a lot too. They're like, I read a book, but then I closed the book and I like put it on my shelf and I, you know, got another book. So like how do you do this day to day?
2: Well, I think obviously it starts with awareness, right? Um awareness of the thought patterns, right? When is that thought coming? What is that thought doing to you? Um journaling can be can be really powerful but I think raising that awareness writing down the statement right that it's not true and then rewriting it right Mm -hmm. so write down the statement in the way that you know I mean for some it could be as simple as you know my teacher told me I was dumb right and and you write that down and, and and you change it back around that that teacher's wasn't, isn't speaking truth right and recognizing every time you tell yourself you know oh I'm just oh that was dumb right or I'm just dumb you're creating an I am statement that your brain holds on to and and will fulfill um, a lot of times we we get what we don't want because we think about it on the negative side you know i'm I'm always broke I don't have enough money. Um, if you think about the negative side (laughs) rather than thinking about the abundant side, your, your brain brings about (laughs) exactly what you're thinking. And so it's really important to turn that around. And, and, and I think awareness is the first step. Um, the second step is, is working out, you know, what's the story that I want to tell? What's Mm. the story of empowerment? Um, and, and be willing to write it, be willing to, to tell yourself you know, and create a mantra, create small statements that every time that, that, oh, I'm so dumb statement comes into your head, you say, well, wait, that's not true. I made a mistake or, you know, whatever, whatever way you want to retell the story. But if you've written it down and then you've given yourself, you know, one or two short mantras to say, you know, when your brain, when it comes into your mind, when you make a mistake, you say, oh, I'm so dumb. then you can do it. No, that's not true. Right. And just that alone is super powerful. But then if you take it the next step, you say, that's not true. I'm incredible. Right. I'm, I'm incredible. I'm capable. I'm beautiful. I mean, all of those, you know. So I think every person should have at least five I am statements that push against, you know, their history, whether those I am statements are, you know, I am beautiful. I am loved. I am loving. <laughs> and, you know, those can be, all be super powerful towards um, eliminating those negative and shameful statements that we have, that we hold inside.
1: Yeah. The, the, the example with the teacher, that's, so, so I used to be a teacher. I used to be a kindergarten teacher. And sometimes I like, I worry like, oh man, like I, I wonder if any of my kindergartners are like growing up, like, ah, Miss you, you know, like, that's like a thing that pops up in my head, but it's so interesting. Cause I like. I would never, I would never tell a kid you are dumb, but it is probably true that kids took something that I said in their small minds. This is how they understood it. Like a really basic level. And they probably are growing up thinking like, Oh, my teacher said this thing, but it's like, it's that. Okay. Like you just, that's you, you, that's how you understood the situation and that might not have been what actually happened.
2: Well, and our culture for so many uses sarcasm and cynicism. Mm -hmm. And so, so, a statement could be made in in sarcasm, and the brain still grabs onto it as if it were a true statement and 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 so many of them are are accidental. um I think a lot of entrepreneurs deal with family members telling them, "You know, "Oh, just go get a job that's that's so unrealistic. oh, you can't do that right um, oh that's so risky um, all of those those statements can be really powerful too. Oh, you're not that good at that. Right. Mm -hmm. I I mean, you know, who's going to pay you for that. Those, those statements, the the family's trying to protect you, right. You know, don't, don't dream too big. Don't, don't put yourself out there. Um, And, and it's, it's just in their mind, it's safer to have a job. It's safer to have. And I think that's going away more and more, right. Like, you know, my dad worked for the same company for 28 years, but, but that's pretty rare nowadays. It's not the same as it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, um, 50 years ago, where you got a job and you just worked that job for the rest of your life and it was safe and it was secure. The company cared about you. And, you know, uh, I think uh, Simon Sinek's newest, uh, not newest book, Infinite Game, you know, he mm. shares about how the economy shifted and and how, you know, stockholders became responsible and the stock market Um, became responsible and, and how it shifted how corporations um, treat employees and corporations to match their numbers, you know, they'll just lay people off to make sure the numbers match. And Mm -hmm. so that loyalty is no longer, no longer a thing. And, and I think, so as people start to recognize, you know, companies don't care about me, I can take care of myself. Then you are pushing against that Cultural belief and your family tries to protect you. Um, it's I think it's the same when kids, you know, that's how dreams die. And I I think one of my one of my identities I always want to put on a business card, even though we don't use business cards hardly anymore, um, is a dream restoration specialist. And and it's really just to help people dream again, right? Mm-hmm. Believe in that childhood dream. Believe in that that idea that you could do whatever you wanted to do you could be whoever you wanted to be and and eliminate that cynicism and and then push against anybody that tries to kill it right i'm a big believer that the universe is going to give you ideas if you're open to them and you're taking action on them and and then you'll get more ideas you'll get more ideas on how to make money you'll get more ideas on, on on how to do the things that you want to do um but only if you're taking action on them but typically you get that idea in your head and you're like, that's a great idea. I think I'll do that. And your brain says, well, no, who are you to do that? Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And and you hear your parents all over again, like, who are you to do that? Why would you do that? That's too risky. Oh, you, you've never made that much money in a month before, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And so, so yeah, recognizing that, that those are all just stories that we tell ourselves and that we allow, um, to have influence for us. And, and really it is, who do you, who are you going to choose to, to influence you? Are you going to be intentional about what's in your brain or are you going to, you know, let everything around you, you know, be influential.
1: Yeah. I like how you said too, that like the, the parent, that voice, the cynicism or, it's trying to protect you. Like that voice is trying to protect you. Your parents want you to be safe. And that voice inside your head, um, that parental figure or the self-sabotaging voice, whatever, it's trying to keep you safe, but it just is not, sometimes safe is really dysfunctional and you're unhappy where you are.
2: Oh, absolutely. I I think recognizing um, another fellow entrepreneur calls it the imposter monster, right? That Mm. voice inside your head that's, that you know just telling you you're not you're not good enough you can't do that and and it's it's trying to keep you it's the lizard brain basically just saying don't go out of the cave there's animals out there (laughs) right um and it's crazy like how much our brain is advanced and how 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 much capacity we have to do incredible things and yet for the majority of people we just hold ourselves back and, and get into rhythms and routines that that aren't beneficial and don't take us where we want to go. And, and many people feel like they don't have any choice. Mm-hmm. So Helping people recognize that they have lots of options, they have lots of choices and, and they don't have to hold themselves back. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned um, the importance of taking action. And um, I think earlier you said confidence is about taking action before you're ready taking action is a big thing we talk about on the podcast and in my coaching programs. And I talk about consistently taking daily action. You got to do something. It's really cute to listen to podcasts and read books, but like action taking is where it happens. Um, but you're right that like pe- the, the getting ready, we love to get ready. Oh, I gonna, you know, this fall, this school, you know, January 1st. Oh, maybe, you know, we love to get ready to get ready, but, um, how do you actually get yourself to take action?
2: yeah so obviously that's a big thing with me and all my clients um is and 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 i think creating accountability is is a huge thing write it down and and you know so if you're written not just goals right so there's two different kinds of goals there's outcome goals which most people um think about right i want to make you know 10,000 a week i want to make 50,000 this month um those are outcome goals weight loss is an outcome goal you know I want to run twenty this pounds.
1: I want to run a yeah. marathon.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Each one of those are outcome goals, but we really need to think in process. What's the process to to get me there? And and I try to help people break that process down. So you mentioned running a marathon. All right, you know. So a marathons twenty six point two miles. So I have never run you know twenty six feet. So now what do, <laughs> what do I need to do? <laughs> yeah. and, you know. So the, what's the smallest step to change your identity to a runner to get you to a place where you're taking action and so spend the next 30 days put on running shoes every morning that's that's one simple step right the smallest simple step well if you've taken the first smallest simple step you put on running shoes every day then you say okay i can put on running shoes every day now i can run right so then you start you know pick a distance right maybe it's I'm gonna run for 10 minutes. Maybe it's I'm gonna run a hundred feet, right? But you have to have a step that you can that you can take that's not overwhelming. And the problem is most people say, I want to run a marathon, I wanna make fifty thousand dollars this month, and they try to figure out how to do that instantly, right? How can I put that in the microwave and make it happen in five mm. minutes? And so we we don't like to break it down and wait we, we don't like to, to have to take the tiny steps to get to the big Um And really it, it does boil down to being able to take that smallest step and making each of the small steps so obvious that it's like, of course I'll do that. That's easy. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: And, and so it, it's the same with, you know, weight loss. you You look at, you know, I want to lose 50 pounds, but I can't even lose, Two. In fact, I keep gaining. <laughs> the more oh, I think about it, <laughs> the more I'm gaining weight. Um, and and it's harder because your process goals around food, around um, weight loss. I mean, it's it's scientific, like weight loss is scientific calories in calories taken in and calories burned. Mm-hmm. It's a mathematic math problem, but it's hard to keep track of. It's harder to track, truly track your calories that you take in it's it's harder to track your calories burned it's much easier just to step on the scale each day but you can step on the scale twice a day and nothing's going to change if you don't change your behavior yeah (laughs) right and recognizing the process that you want to change and you don't have to change the whole thing right just just recognize what are the small changes i can make and like you mentioned daily yeah (laughs) consistent persistent like you want to own it like this is the most important thing that I'm going to do this day. Is this piece right for me? Part of my evening routine is setting up. What are the five things I have to do tomorrow, right? And so I've got my ro- normal routine and and morning routine. But what are the five things tomorrow that are going to move me the furthest forward? Um, and and I started a new a new way of looking at those and and i think it'll fit your your self-care model because it it really is one of those things i can do to serve myself and set myself up ahead of time so recognizing you know making my bed in the morning serves my future self and so what what can i do in my plan to serve my future self like you know pre-recording my podcast intros or having you know my blog written the week before like Mm -hmm. those are things to serve me because if they're done today then I'm prepared for the the next day Um, and so I've heard somebody call it be your own butler but you know getting your clothes out the night before so that in the morning you don't have to waste one of your decisions right those early decisions are some of the most valuable so all the things you can do in the evening to set yourself up for a successful morning like going to bed on time, (laughs) choosing, choosing to go to bed. It's, it's been really cool. I've spent, I don't know, 45 years. Well, most of my teenage years, I ignored the alarm clock and waited the last five minutes to get up and go out the door. But pretty much after that, you know, spent four years in the Marines where there was an alarm clock, (laughs) but, you know, always used an alarm clock. And then on this entrepreneurial journey, I just, decided, um, we're going to start going to bed a little earlier. And, and so now my wife goes to bed about nine 30, I go to bed about 10 Mm -hmm. and we wake up at six and no alarm. And it's, it's incredible. It's, I'm not waking up with that shock of beep, 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 or the silly radio. Um, and it's a choice to take care of my morning self by going to bed the night before. Um, and so recognizing that so many of my choices can serve me better if, if I start thinking not about me right here, but think about how does this help me tomorrow? How does this help me next week? Um, and, and so like in the evening, getting out my clothes, preparing, thinking about what are the five things I want to do, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. Those set me up. What's really cool on the mind side of things is if you've set those five, those five intentions, the night before your subconscious spends the whole night working on some of those five things, right? It's going to process your day and it's going to do all those things that the brain needs to do when it's resting. But you've written those five things down and now your brain's going to, that's the last thing your brain saw before you went to sleep. Your brain's going to spend the night going, how do we make those things happen? Right. Let's, let's make sure. And it's just going to add so much value to when you're working on those five things the next day, um, your, your brain's already, you know, spent eight hours working on it.
1: Yeah. So. I love this because, okay, well, a couple of things. One, I feel like when you're a kid, you think like, oh man, when I'm an adult, I get to do whatever I want. And then it turns out like, no, you actually want a bedtime so that you can wake up on time so you can like be like a responsible adult. Like, I think you find that out, like as you go through your adult years. But the other thing I love too, is that you, I mean, like, I've, we've all read the self-help books and like we talk about morning routines and it is really important, but the morning routine can't happen unless you have an evening routine. And you are the first person that I've actually heard say evening routine. And I like that. And I'm like, Ooh, I, I kind of want to start adding it. I have a bedtime. Like that's an evening routine, but so you like literally like, do you sit down and write out five things? Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not as good at getting my clothes up cause I don't make real good clothes decisions i just <laughs> grab a shirt i wear jeans all day so yeah. you know it's just what shirt am i going to wear so it's not quite as complicated um but that is one of the things that that can be beneficial for for people that spend time making the decision in the morning you know what clothes am i wearing um and the five things are you know they are things i got to get done anyway and so now these are the five that are going to move me the furthest you know the fastest and so um yeah, writing them down, um, reading my IM statements uh, can be, can be powerful morning and night. And then, and then your big goal, right? So, you know, right now I'm working on, you know, $50,000 by October. So probably middle of October, probably October 31st to be <laughs> give myself mm-hmm. that, but that's, that's the next um, boost in, in business that, that I want to have. And so, so I I tell my, remind myself that, I'm going to have $50,000 by October 31st. Um, And then what are the five things? And then, you know, some of my I am statements are, they're not all I ams. A couple of them are are mantras. Um, Obviously I I mentioned my faith. And so I remind myself I can do all things through Christ um, Is one of my statements, you know, do, do all that you can do today. That's a Wallace D waddles part of his, his chapter, you know, Mm -hmm just do all that you can do each day. Right. And, and, and so at the end of the day, that's part of the evaluation is, is, you know, did I do all that I could do today? And and not to, not in an overwork way, just, mm-hmm. just was I fully invested um, in, in doing all that I can do? And, have, you know, the advantage of being an entrepreneur is you don't have to be a workaholic. You don't have to, there is a hustle, right? There is, work has to be done, action has to be taken, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be crazy. It
0: Mm -hmm. doesn't have to
2: be 40 hours a day, you know,
0: um,
2: intensity. Um, And for some people, that's, that's where they want to be. That's, that's what they, they enjoy. But, but for me, it's encouraging people find your body's rhythm, right? Find the rhythm that, that suits you, um, I'm big into to Pomodoro right work for 25 minutes and walk away for five minutes and then come back to work for 25 minutes um, I definitely in the morning is when I definitely do some of my best writing and thinking and so trying to protect some of that morning time for for those things um, in the afternoon I get a little lull. And so that's some of the best time to do group calls and to do, um, podcast recording is, is those afternoon hours, because those things invigorate me, right? I'm not going to fall asleep recording a podcast or having a group meeting Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, you know, they're not boring. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And so recognize your natural rhythm and and give yourself the freedom to build your schedule around that rhythm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. That's something else. So like, being gentle on yourself. Um, I think that that's hard for a lot of people because if they're like, ah, I'm working on a goal, like hustle culture. Oh, I'm working on this goal. Go, go, go. And it could be something with work. It could be something in your business. It could be something with uh, a race or it could be something at your gym or weight loss. Like, ah, go, go, go. So how do you like be gentle on yourself without completely like, oh, it's okay. You don't have to do anything. Right. So we still talked about consistently taking daily action. I have people that will like, oh, I was being gentle myself. I told myself I didn't have to do work today. And then it just kind of like <laughs> falls apart. That's, you know, that's a,
2: that's the lie though, right? it's that, yeah. not being gentle on yourself. That's being lazy.
1: Mm. So what's the <laughs> difference? Right. Yeah. What's the distinction? Well,
2: so, so the challenge is we are so driven by those outcome goals, right? You can have an outcome goal, but once you figure out the process you've got to let the outcome go and focus on the process it's on the process because the process is process is what's going to get you the outcome mm-hmm. but you have to you have to be willing to say the outcome doesn't matter i'm mm-hmm. going to do the work
1: mm-hmm.
2: do the process trust trust the process trust the process mm-hmm. and and be willing to let go of the outcome mm-hmm. and what's crazy about that is typically the outcome that will come is bigger and better than the outcome that you planned, but it's very hard for many of us to let go of the outcome and trust the process but if the process is set up right you it will it will bring about the result that you're looking for mm-hmm. in fact, it'll probably bring out so much more mm-hmm. in in growth and in um yeah, so much better results when you let go of the outcome and and do the do the work.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting too. Yeah. So if you're so this is atomic habits, right? <laughs> Trust <laughs> yeah. the system, focus on the system, focus on the process instead of the outcome. But and you said like it kind of clicked in my head, if you're trusting the process, that also means you need to show up and do the process. And if you're showing up and doing the process, you have your system. Then the the outcome comes. But if you're not actually, if you're not showing up and doing the stuff, then you haven't been trusting the process.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And that and that really is, you know, James is pretty clear in Atomic Habits, right? Like, you can have these outcomes, but the process is really where you know, the, the daily. That's where the hustle really needs to focus, right? Um, and and it doesn't have to be a ton of stuff. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's, it's do those one or two or three things each day. Um, You know, for, for a salesperson, it's, it's make those calls. It's do those follow-ups, you know, in, in taking care of your body and your health, it's, it's eat that, you know, eat that right food Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, avoid that, those bad foods, Mm -hmm. right? Intentionally, because you know, the chocolate cake will make you feel good for a minute, but is it going to get you what you want?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? And being able to ask yourself, does what I'm doing right now get me what I want? You know, mm-hmm. is it part of the process or is it a distraction? Right. Um, and, and so being able to say, is this going to get me what I want <laughs> or is it going to take yeah. me further away from what I want?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and then how bad do you really want it? And that's mm-hmm. where Napoleon Hill's burning desire, right? It has to be a burning desire. It, it has to, it has to consume you inside with heat and and passion, and is that's what's really going to to drive you to to make that choice that says, "Wait, this doesn't get me what I want. Why would I keep doing it?"
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right?
2: If mm-hmm. it's a burning desire, um, and most of us just have big wishes. Right, we wish for that, but we don't really want to work for that.
1: Yes, of course. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy to see things on the internet. Oh, I want that. I don't. I don't want to have to do the daily work to get that.
2: Right. Well, and then there's the worst folks, right? That recognize don't even recognize the the work. Right. They just want the outcome. Right. You know. Well, I want. You know, I want Jeff Bezos' rocket. I want. You know, mm-hmm. I want his his portfolio um but they don't want to do the work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 they don't recognize the process right jeff bezos started in his garage just like uh, microsoft and and mm-hmm. apple both started in garages and mm-hmm. and they did the work right mm-hmm. they're computer builders and they built computers and they mm-hmm. built 2 and they built 3 and they built 4 and now they build millions right and microsoft switched from computers to software and focused on software but they built the software (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. and,
2: and, and so, yeah, you, you have to do the work. Uh, That's, what's so cool about the brain, right? Like you could learn all the things that those guys learned and do all the things that they did and you'd have all the things that they have. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, and of course, all of us are, are uniquely gifted to do our own thing. We don't need to be Jeff Bezos or Steve Jobs. We can be somebody, you know, just as cool and just as exciting and and maybe it's not computers or or software or books <laughs> you know it's it's your thing
0: mm-hmm. um
2: and and so yeah find find your passion find your burning desire and and the world needs it the world the you were created to do something wonderful to help people and and if you find that and you put it to work you'll you'll forever be rewarded mm-hmm. in both economics and in personal health and and wellness, and you'll feel good because you're helping, you know, people do the thing that you love to do.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I want to switch a little bit, switch topics a little bit and kind of talk a little bit about more about you and what's going on. So we shared some of the self-care stuff that you do. So you make sure you have your evening routine and your morning routine. What are some other things that you make sure you do on a daily basis, like reading or exercise, things like that?
2: Yeah so I have I, I do a lot of um, the, the same morning routine um, so I I read the bible every day I pray every morning um, take a walk um, every morning um, I'm reading um, three books typically um, and so one of them is is a a, a book club with fellow entrepreneurs that you know there's five of us so we just keep reading a book and meeting every couple of weeks to, to talk about it um, but then others like I read I read for my group masterminds and then and then I read for myself and so yeah. constantly moving myself forward and then constantly trying to keep materials to move my groups forward um, in fact that we're just starting James Clear's Atomic Habits <laughs> for the group and so So that's always, that's another great book. Um, Limitless is by Jim Quick is another just super powerful book. Like he had a brain injury and as a, as a boy, and he had a teacher that told him this is the boy with the broken brain. And, and he spent his whole life with that stigma until um, one of his college friends, dad, basically took him under his wing and stacked up Napoleon Hill, Victor Frankl, and all of those books and said, Oh, read those each month. And, and, uh, and so, so yeah, reading's a huge part. Um, the great thing about Jim Quick's book is he tells you his story, but it's so much how to like, mm-hmm. that, it's just, he gives all of his secrets <laughs> in the book and, mm-hmm. and you could do everything. He, of course, sells courses and he teaches it and, and does big conferences with all of it. Um, but it's all in the book. You don't necessarily need more. Um, of course, you want more because, because he's such a great teacher. But, um, and, and then, you know, my I am statements are a big part of, of that reminding myself, um, I journal every day and, I, and part of the journal is, is the vision for, you know my future self what does my company look like what is mm. what does uh our life look like my you know what are my wife and i doing where are we traveling what are where are we going um it's uh it's our company um i i took the lead in in starting and and she continued working and and so now the goal is is to to bring her on full time
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh and then continue continue growing um mm-hmm. covid Covid, our company was all in person, and uh, we were ah. meeting in boardrooms, and and it was all local. And so, because of Covid, it it forced us to go digital and and go um, in the internet. And I, I I was slower than I should have been, um, so I'm a little hard on myself there because oh, kick <laughs> like. But um, the reach obviously is is so much greater, in the capacity to you know, have conversations with people in Australia and England. And it's like, whoo, why wasn't I doing this before? Like, golly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it brought us together today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and actually I, there were, those are, there's two things. I, um, taking it digital, I pushed against. And then in January of 2020, we were, my wife and I were at a, an event, um, And I said, we're going to start a podcast. Um, And we just launched in July of 2021. So we got her done. But (laughs) I'm looking back like this. I'm having so much fun doing the podcast and and, uh, building such a great audience of of entrepreneurs. And and it's like, whew, I should have been doing this all along. This is so great. Like, it's it's fantastic. And so um, looking forward. Uh, We had the first one scheduled. Um, that she was going to join me on we're interviewing um a couple that has a program for a couple um ah. and uh we're we're going to interview them together and uh then my wife had her her medical incident yeah um, which uh <laughs> delayed a, a few episodes not and it's great because we actually had 10 in the can and so we were prepared um, we put the company into maintenance mode and and for two weeks, I was able to stay with her and take care, you know, be there in the hospital as, as her help and then advocate just to keep track of all the stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. So happened. yeah. And thank goodness she is okay. And yeah, our podcast got delayed, but that's okay. Things happen and it's great that you're here and she's still okay. So since then, what changes have you guys decided, okay, cool, we need to make these changes to make sure that we're both taking care of ourselves so that you can exist and keep helping people in the future?
2: Yeah, and we're still figuring it out. Um, but we definitely recognize that you know what we thought was healthy isn't as healthy as, as we probably need to be. And so mm-hmm. um, sodium, I guess, you know, sodium obviously impacts your blood, impacts. Mm-hmm. And just going through our cabinets and figuring out cabinet and freezer and figuring out how much sodium is in so much of the processed foods. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was pretty much our culture is teaching that sugar is the bad guy. And for the folks that, you know, wrestle with diabetes, and obviously that's a large population sugar is definitely, you know, the enemy (laughs) in there. But for those of us that are healthy and, and you know, fairly healthy, feel healthy, um, Salt is really Mm -hmm. can be a huge enemy. And, and you start looking through regular general food that you're getting from the grocery store, the processed meats, the, the canned vegetables, the, Mm -hmm. the canned meals, even the box meals, like, you know, hamburger helper. Mm -hmm. um, My wife loved macaroni and cheese and she's eating it with her grandson and, and it's, you know, got 1500 milligrams (laughs) of sodium in it, which is like the max for. In fact, that's two days worth for her right now, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. so it's like, okay, we are, so just learning some of those, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, and we walked every day before um, she had, she doesn't have a heart problem. She had a aortic dissection. So her aorta, um, basically it's uh, like a hose and the inside layer just split apart. (laughs) Um, And it's, it's really rare in someone her age and, you know, so they're still trying to figure out, you know, what may have been the cause, but um in the meantime, yeah, we want to make sure, you know, we got this second chance, and we want to make sure that we take advantage of every day. Um, she's still in the recovery process, so, you know, right now, it's not the two-mile walk, it's the walk to the mailbox and back, it's the, you <laughs> know, get her strength and, and energy back, um, but definitely looking at, you know, how do we change our, how do we eat even more healthy? How do we Mm -hmm. keep making that switch from eating emotionally? What makes us feel good to, you know, what's the fuel that our body actually needs and how is that fuel helping us?
1: Yeah. Um, sometimes when people go through like a medical, like something happening, they, there's like a lot of guilt or maybe it is shame, but like, I, I caused this, I'm, you know, was that something that happened for either of you or were you just, are your action takers like, okay, we just need to, here's what we need to change.
2: Yeah. We're pretty forward thinking like, yeah, yeah. There's no, not a lot of past baggage (laughs) and, and, uh, or guilt in, you know, and, and really, you know, didn't cause it. I mean, I guess, so so those, those thoughts crossed your mind, like, you know, the, the, why did this happen? Right. Um, yeah and for me, it was pretty quick. Like, you know, I had a few moments where I lost my mind and, you know, I don't want to be alone. Um, But, <laughs> you know, it, for the most part I was, you know, she's in the best place to get the care that she yeah. needs. They're, they're doing everything they can to, to make this better. Okay. Um, And then, and then the why wasn't a why of guilt. It was, uh, you know, we, we've we talked about blood pressure and we've checked, you know, we even bought a home blood pressure cup and in February, you know, we recorded it in our phone um, and she even went to, she had an appointment at, at the doctor and, and had the doctor check and then and then we didn't follow up
0: mm-hmm.
2: and we kind of let it go because we didn't really trust it. You know, is it right? Is it wrong? Yeah. Is it, and, and we kind of put the little blood pressure cup on the shelf and we just forgot about it you know, and, and that could have been a, a factor in this. And yeah, we could beat ourselves up over it or we can say, okay, we had a hint of this, right. This is part of what we could have, you know, we could have done. So now let's get on it. Let's just yeah. let's do it. And so, you know, how can I help her, you know, and my commitment to our relationship is, you know, whatever diet changes, whatever exercise changes she needs to make, I'm going to make with her. And, and we're, cause we're in this together and, you know she's she was apologizing to me saying you know sorry cuz obviously it it is making changes um and and I don't I don't want her to be sorry I want her to just recognize that it's our journey right it sure does our path change today sure maybe you know but we're on that together and so who cares mm-hmm. <laughs> right you know it's just a different a different journey um and and we really were prepared Business wise, that you know, I had podcasts in the can. We had episodes already uploaded, um, and so literally, I took two weeks off. I stopped working. I spent twelve <sighs> hours a day. And, yeah, <laughs> I, well, I spent twelve hours a day in the hospital with her. So, <laughs> but, but I was able to, you know, I was able to walk the dog. I was able to to take care of the things and the business. Business was in maintenance mode. Is is how I would look at it, right? The mm-hmm. podcast. Up, uh, we probably skipped a few Facebook posts, but you know, whatever. Um, it it didn't need it didn't need any attention, right? I could let it go for two weeks. I had to reschedule obviously a bunch of meetings, but that, that's those are easy, right? In comparison to you know calling into work and saying you know I'm not coming to work for two weeks, mm-hmm. um, and so that's what I appreciate about you know being an entrepreneur and and having that freedom to to build my own business and to have control over it and not mm-hmm. have it, you know, I'm not a slave to my business at all. Um, and that's what I mentioned earlier. You don't have to be a slave to your business. Yeah. There's work you have to do and, and things that have to happen, but you can do them at your rhythm, right. And you mm-hmm. can grow your business at your rhythm. And for a lot of folks, it starts as a side hustle, which is where they build their passion for it. And once your passion's good enough for it, that you'll spend 20 hours a week in addition to your job building your side hustle. To the point where, hey, I'm making as much in my side hustle as I am in my job. Goodbye job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Because then imagine what I can do with my hustle if I'm putting 40 hours a week in or 50 hours a week in. Um, but you don't have to kill yourself to build a business. <laughs> and, it, and and you'd be silly too to do that. Right? <laughs> Why would you uh, work 100 hours a week for yourself, you know, when you don't like working 40 hours a week for a boss, <laughs> you know? And that's what some folks do, and and I don't recommend it. Um, It's not necessary. You can absolutely, you know, build a successful business and serve people really, really well, um, and not kill yourself in the process.
1: It's all about creating that life that you actually want for yourself. But I think that sometimes a lot of people in anything we think that that's what we're deserving of. So you'll leave a job and you'll recreate that same life in a different, a different place.
2: Yeah, you become an employee of, of a job that and, and you have a terrible boss.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Shoot.
2: Yeah. exactly. Yeah. I think that's Robert Kiyosaki says that you know, that's his four quadrants, right. You know, employee, and then, you know, you start your own business, but you know, you really just own your job.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So you're a job owner instead of mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, Well, this is great. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know that you have some places people can connect with you. Where are the best places they can find you?
2: Yeah. So my website is, uh, add value, the number two, add value to life.com. Um, and then my podcast is, is add value the number two entrepreneurs.com. Um, and so yeah, check out the podcast. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun and interviewed a lot of, I've had conversations. I I don't like the word interview but trying to have conversations like we've just had today and and uh, just had some some really great conversations and some really great ones coming up and so I'm so excited that uh, just get to share people's stories um, and there's just so much power in stories to help other people change their stories
1: yes I mean we've just mentioned so many books and it's like hearing those author stories have helped us that's why I love podcasting I just it's a it's just a different medium to share stories. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you again. I'll put all of the links in the show notes. If you are looking for Robert, you can click the link in the show notes.
0: Thanks, Thanks,
1: Jacqueline. Bye.